Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Oh. Oh. Guess I'm just a good man. Oh. Well, I'm all right. You are not Captain Kirk. You do not belong in charge of the Enterprise and I shall do everything in my power against you. You know what the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with you understand who's in command here. Frequently appalled by the low regard you Earthmen have for life. Welcome to um, the first episode of um, SFP Now, um, to once again be hosted on Liberated Syndication, uh, right here on uh, Sci-Fi Pulse Radio. Um, for this first episode, we're just going to sort of run a couple of interviews that we ran previously on the old Blog Talk radio channel. Um, for, for you know, for any of our listeners from Blog Talk that have come over, you, you, you likely have heard these already. But for those new listeners, um, you know, you're in for a treat. Um, the interviews concerned are, are actually um, with, you know, two hot actresses from, you know, some pretty big, big-time sci- sci-fi series that have, that have been on the air and are actually still airing. Um, first one is with Inga Cadranel, or Cadranel, um, sorry, who plays uh, Detective Angela in, in, the, um, in the hit BBC America series, Orphan Black, and the second one is with um, Trenny Ke- um, is with Trenny Keating, who um, plays the um, the literally unstoppable Doctor Yule, um, who's on like um, the standout character in the new hit number one sci-fi series. He's taken a number one spot from Warehouse Thirteen. Um, you know, um, Defiance, which is a really cool show. And, um, you know, thankfully it's actually returning next week after actually having taken uh, the week off because of a Memorial Day weekend. So without further ado, you know, here's the interviews and we'll be back with more episodes over the coming weeks. And Martin Jr. will be posting new episodes of Genretainment. So, you know, we, we, we hope you enjoy our content and um, we look forward to providing you with lots more in the weeks, months and, and years to come, hopefully. Okay, I'd like to uh, introduce um, actress Inga Kadranow, who's uh, been making some big noises of made in the um, in the new TV series, which just finished its first season on BBC America, 
um, are from Bangkok. Um, hi, Inga. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I, I'm good. I mean, the, the first question I'd really like to ask you right off the bat is um, how you found your way into acting. Um, what was it? Something that you'd always wanted to do, or did you kind of go get into it via via other other jobs such as modeling? No, I actually got into it kind of more organically than that. My parents are both theater actors, so I grew up in the um, the world of acting. My older brother is also an actor. And I rebelled against the idea of becoming an actor, just trying to do the opposite of what my family does. And then slowly I realized in my early 20s that it was in my blood and it was what I was good at. And I, nothing else was really sticking as far as a career choice. And I gave it a real try and it just started happening right away. And I just uh, didn't, didn't look back ever since. Wow. I mean, that, that's uh, that's quite cool. I mean, um, I, I, I dabbled with the acting. Um, you know, I've been dabbling with it since I was about four years old. <laughs> and, and, and I've kind of like been in and out of it myself. And I think the, I think the longest thing I did, did any acting for was on like probably about five or six years when I when I actually studied and oh, yeah, yeah. then I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be quite trying as a career. There's so many ups and downs. Mm. Well, you know, I, I used to, you know, I kind of missed the, uh, the excitement of live theatre, which was what, what yeah. I enjoyed the best. Um, I enjoyed that more than TV. I did try a bit of TV and I didn't like hard waiting around. I just found it boring and tedious. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, theatre is always so intense and immediate that you have to really get used to the style of film and TV if you want to you have to learn to love a different version of, of, of that kind of entertainment and sitting around and getting used to that too. So yeah, it can be mm-hmm. quite challenging. So, you know, I've, I've found out kind of firsthand how glamorous it actually is not. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you've recently uh, come off your first season of Off and Black, uh, which has aired on BBC America, but sadly it's not aired here in the UK as of yet. So I'm, I'm just wondering, what can you tell us about, about the show? And uh, how does your character of Anjana fit in with the whole, with the overall story? Um, the show is about a girl um, who discovers that she is a clone, and um, it happens quite early on in the show. So then she has it, it, it's about her discovering what her world is and what life means, and and the strange interwoven um, adventures that start to unravel because of this fact. And my character, all her clones have different lives, and one of them uh, is a police officer, and I work in the precinct. I'm another detective in the precinct um, with her. So that's where my storyline fits in with that certain um, character. And then eventually, without giving too much away, it's, um, my character starts to discover more than she bargained for, I think. Wow. I can't really say too much. It's hard because it's one of those shows where, um, and it's currently airing, so it's not even like it's been done and everyone knows what's going on, but you have to be very careful as to what you say and what you don't say mm-hmm. with these kind of, um, these shows. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I it, guess it's not too much info, but it's what I can say. Is it still, is it still actually airing in America or has it finished its run over there now? No, we've got, I think, uh, four more episodes left. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, so I thought it was, I thought it ended over there. No, no, it's still in the thick of it. Some big stuff's going to be revealed and things people have no idea about yet. Wow, you know, so like, mm-hmm. uh, I just can't wait for it to come on here because I've been hearing quite a lot of it, a lot about it, and uh, the BBC America send me press releases all the time. And this is this is a a press release that's actually been sent out to me several times. It's for Arthur Black. 
Yeah, um, it's it's really good. It's a great show, and I've done a lot of work here, and it's one of the shows I'm um, most happy to be a part of and um, proud of the quality of, of, of television that it is. Mm-hmm. Well, well, from what I've been reading about it, you know, it sounds like, a, you know, it's kind of an intriguing mix of, a, of, of, of detective noir mixed in with some science fiction elements such as cloning. Um, mm-hmm. what, what aspects um, of, of the series actually appealed to you when you actually went up for the role? Well, I read the script earlier on. Actually, my partner was auditioning for a different part in it. And so I got to read his script because I was curious. I was friends with the people who created it. So I wanted to see what they were up to. And right away, I was like, this is amazing. And I've got to somehow be a part of it. And I hope there's a character for me. Luckily, there turned out to be a character in my age range. And um, I got to, to go out for that. But what drew me to it really was that, I mean, it's called science fiction, but it's not so far out and outlandish that you feel like it's totally removed from reality and what's happening nowadays. And the, and the, um, the acting is very genuine. So that's what really draws, I think, people to it. It makes you feel like it is, it is real, but the, the things that are revealed could be that you feel like they could happen, but they are also, I don't know, in the realm of of science fiction. So um, that's what really drew me to it. It wasn't because it, it's not science fiction fantasy. It was like science fiction with a reality feel to it, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, it must also help the actual show that it's actually partnered up with um, Doctor Who, I believe, over there as well. Yes. Oh, my God, yes, totally. That's such a huge show, so... Mm-hmm. Being uh, a part of that and affiliated with that show, um, the same network has helped it immensely. You know, given the fact that you've actually already wrapped the first season and um, and you've probably recently found out, like we have, that you've got a second season to do, what are your hopes for Angela's story? What would you like to see, see her character do in, in the second series? Um, well, I hope that there is some um, a little more revealed for my character about her personal life as far as, like, what the reasons. I mean, she comes across as someone who dislikes Tatiana's character, the, the, the police version of the, the clone, and um, that she has almost a jealousy for her. So I'm kind of curious. It wasn't really explored as to why um, why my character has this kind of tension with her, and I would hope that we just get to see a little more backstory and um, there's, you know, other strange little things that were brought up, why my character has an obsession with the morgue and and corpses, and it's not really explained why my character has that obsession, so I'm hoping that we kind of get to see more of just who who uh, Detective DeAngelis really is and, and um, these strange quirks, which I loved playing, but I never really had a clear sense why I was playing them at that point. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually noticed from your uh, IMDb profile that you were you were also you you were actually in a favorite show of mine called that called Lost Girl. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> how, how did you find working with that cast? Uh, you know, for, for the time that you were actually on that show. Um, oh, wonderful! Um, Anna Silk is one of the most the one of the loveliest people you'll ever meet, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's the lead of the show. She could easily have an ego and be, um, you know, a difficult to work with actress. And I was so pleasantly surprised when I met her and worked with her, how generous, warm, inviting. And, um, luckily I got to do most of my stuff with her and, um, she's just lovely. She, she's, I can't say enough about her. And it's so nice when, I mean, I've been on a lot of series now and it's so nice when 
you get to work with a lead who is so generous um, because oftentimes they're not. And um, I just, um, it's very cool. So I enjoy myself immensely on when I work on Lost Girl. I have a great time. Um, I, um, so, so your character hasn't been killed off yet on Lost Girl? No. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> no. uh, that's brilliant. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit out of touch because I've not really seen uh, too much of the third season yet. It's only just started airing over here in the UK. Oh, okay, um, then I won't give anything away, but, well, okay. But, <laughs> I think I almost gave something away anyway, just by saying that. <laughs> but I absolutely, you know, I absolutely love that show, and um, I wholeheartedly agree with you about Anna Silk. Um, I was very fortunate to be able to interview her um, back when the series first started, before it even aired mm. here in the UK. UK or in the US um, yeah. you know my, I've got a cousin in Canada who sent me a few bootleg copies of the uh, series <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> and um, I, um, I I watched it and I thought I've got to interview the need for this show because I just know I just knew back then deep down in my bones that sci-fi mm. would probably pick it up yeah, and, yeah. It, 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 the coolest thing was I did season one with them when it wasn't, you know, anything yet because it hadn't aired and she was so wonderful then. And then I got called back to do season three because I was pregnant during season two um, that, uh, you know, I thought, oh, the show has become a massive hit, a massive cult hit. Everyone's going to be different and, you know, Anna being the lead. And I was kind of just mentally preparing for that. And she hadn't changed a bit, like still completely down to earth and still so warm and it was really, really nice. It was really, I was really happy to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a great cast. You know, it's it's very obvious when you watch the series that you know they all get along well with each other, and you know, it, it looks mm-hmm. like it's a show that's probably a lot of fun to make. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I have a great time there. Um, I've got a hypothetical question now, and this is sort of like getting back to Arthur and Black a little bit. But um, if you mm-hmm. were to find out that you had a clone, uh, how would you react, and what would you do? Um, I mean, you could probably have some fun with it, couldn't you? You could send it on dates with uh, with, with potential <laughs> boyfriends and stuff like that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know if I would have so much fun with it. I think I'd. Oh, I'm 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 happily married with kids, so I think I would be so boring. But I would probably just try to figure out some sort of like. Uh, the scientific element and to find out where they came from and, and talk to the government as much as I could. And the best thing about having a phone would be a thing I could I could use it for was to make sure my, my kids would never feel like their mom wasn't home <laughs> when I was working. <laughs> well, no, that's that's probably better than what I'd use my clone for. Maybe if you asked me ten years ago, I would have said something different. But I've changed a lot since I had kids. <laughs> you know, I, you know, if I was if I was to have a clone, I, you know, I'd, I'd use it for the most selfish of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, like I said, I probably would have said something completely different a while back, but yeah, things mm-hmm. have changed. Um, I also noticed that you were that you you actually had a um, a role playing another detective in the uh, short-lived remake of Kojak within Rames, and I'm just yes, wondering yes. what what was he like to work with? Because you know, lovely. I loved working with him. I, I mean, I think he's. A strong personality, but he and I got along so well to the point where um, when the show got, it was a backdoor pilot I didn't know while I was doing the pilot, and then the show got picked up, and they came, and, and he specifically came and said that, you know, he wants me to be on it, and I happened to be hugely pregnant at that time, <laughs> so I couldn't do the show, and they were really disappointed, and they kept bringing me in for to look at how big I was getting, to see if they could hide it, and 
but I was already very far into my pregnancy and it was a detective that they wanted to run around and chase people. And, um, so it didn't actually work out. And I was really disappointed because I actually had a great time with Bing and he, um, he told me if I gave my son the middle name Kojak that he would put him through university, <laughs> but I never, but I never did. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to call him Kojak. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can, I can imagine, I can imagine, I can imagine it now. Hugh loves you, baby. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, um, if you could, if you could actually have your pick of guest stars to appear on Arthur and Black, uh, who would you most like to work with, and what sort of role can you imagine them playing? Oh, I would love to work with uh, the guy who plays Daryl on Walking Dead. Um, I, I can't remember his name offhand because I, I never really, you know, I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV. But when I do watch, it's just like I usually fall fall in love with it. But uh, the role I would like him to play, I don't know, Orphan Black. I mean, when you see it, there's a million characters as far as the, where they could go. But um, I would like him to play some sort of uh, sinister scientist or doctor that was part of the early creations of the clone. I could see him being someone very dark and interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I really like his work on Walking Dead right now. Just because it's current, it's the last thing I've been really watching that I really feel like I, I, I like that character and I like that actor. Uh, Game of Thrones is my my my, uh, my 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 TV fits right now. Oh, is it? I'm I'm in book four, so I've decided not to watch the series until I'm finished the books that are out, and uh, and then I'm going to start watching it. Yeah, I I, I can't be bothered reading the books because like uh, over a thousand <laughs> pages long, and you know that that's just too yeah. much for the book for me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love reading. I was just like, I love these books. I'm so addicted to them that I know when I get to the last book, I'm going to try to read it slowly on purpose so it doesn't end. Because I just, I love Game of Thrones. It's amazing. Mm. Um, but the series is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I mean, from what I've heard uh, from from uh, people that have read the books, uh, the, mm-hmm. the first the first couple of series have actually been. Uh, fairly truthful to the books and in some some ways even better than the books as well. Oh, good. Oh, I love, I'm so excited. I love that because you always get disappointed when you see the movie or the series of the book you love. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, At present, you know, we we, we have a few really cool science fiction shows on television, you know, shows such as Defiance, Grimm, Revolution, Game of Thrones. And of course, in the UK, we have Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> now, given that you've got a bit of form from 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 your time on Moscow, as well as your main role in Orphan Black, um, mm-hmm. is there a specific science fiction and fantasy show that you'd love to go up for? Oh, I think like when Battlestar Galactica was still going, that was I, I yearned to be on that show, and I don't know, I haven't watched anything as of recent, but that that was the the first time I've ever wanted to be on a science fiction show, and it just Never. I got very close to getting an audition at one point, but they shot it in Vancouver, and I remember hearing that they were going to do a casting call here in Toronto, but then they changed their mind and decided to keep it West Coast and try to hire a local, and I was so disappointed because I loved that show so much. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, I'd like to uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely brilliant speaking to you. Yes, you too. Thanks, um, no problem. Let's wish you the best of luck with Arthur and Black moving forward into the second season, which, you know, you must be you must be really, really, really pleased about that. I am. I'm very happy, especially since it shoots about 50 minutes from my house, so it's mm. the best of everything for me. <laughs> well, you know, it's a regular year, yearly income, which is hard yep, to come exactly. by. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. Oh, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> especially for an actor. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, but thanks again for your time. It's been wonderful speaking to you, and um, hopefully we'll get this opportunity to sort of like get an opportunity to maybe reconnect. Um, you know, when 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 the next series of um, Arthur Black um, comes out. Definitely. Yeah, I will uh, be talking to you then. I'd like to uh, introduce you all to uh, Trenna Keating, who's probably best known of late as Doc Yule from the uh, new hit sci-fi show, Defiance. Um, hi. Hi. So, first of all, uh, Trenna, uh, could you ask, how did you get into acting? Did you grow up always involved in theatre and acting, or was it something you kind of drifted into from college? Well, I, I grew up doing it because it, it is what I wanted to do from a very early age. It was about grade four or five when uh, I did my first play at school. I did the play Dracula. And uh, it was funny because I loved it. I remember loving it so much. And I made that decision right then and there that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And uh, I'm one of those few people who so far hasn't changed their mind. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I went to university and studied theater and uh, then started doing film a few years ago. Cool. I mean, um, I, um, I actually studied theater. <laughs> Ah, but I changed my mind. All about it. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> um, what 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 happened? You know, I I uh, I, I actually enjoyed the, uh, the the you know the time that I did study theatre. I mean, we did plays by Brett um, Ibsen. Um, you know, um, and and lots. You know, and I was always casting musicals because I had a good voice. Right. <laughs> um, but I guess what changed my mind was. Um, I, I kind of um, it kind of, when when I studied theatre, it gave me an appreciation of writing, and you know I've I've, I've always been a bit dizzy as in not really being quite sure on what I wanted to do. Right. Um, so I guess, I guess you could say I'm that focused, but I'm, I'm also I'm also a visual artist. Is <laughs> what well. uh, so you've, you've stayed in the in the realm of the arts always. Yeah, I've, all, I've always kind of stayed in the realms. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of uh, doing this interview as song like. Uh, an entertainment journalist, if you will. So I've always been in and around the arts. It's something I've always been fascinated with. But the first part I ever had was when I was about four years old and I played Noah in in, in the play about Noah and the art and my beard kept falling off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I I wasn't exactly old enough back then to ask, what's my motivation? (laughs) Right, right, right. Sometimes kids are the best actors, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't know any of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just really annoyed that my beard kept falling off, to be honest. It was just getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to science fiction series, uh, Defiance looks like it's actually your first big science fiction series. Uh, what attracted you to it? really good 
um, characters and uh, a, a lot of action, so a lot of excitement. Um, so yeah, it was just it, it, it was sort of beyond anything I could have imagined because I hadn't done anything like this before. Um, but I was certainly pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen the uh, first uh, three, three, four episodes now. Um, it's actually airing tonight here in the UK on Sci-Fi Channel. Um, it airs here in the UK a night after it airs in the States, so we get it pretty quickly. Right, that's great, right, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I've enjoyed it so far. Um, you know, it does have that sort of like same sort of like feeling of, um, of humour as well as, um, you know, um, grittiness of, of Five Nights. It's, it's almost, it's a little bit like Star Wars as well, I'd say. Yeah, like I, I do, I agree it's got a really nice balance of, um, uh, like you said, grittiness and um, there's a certain darkness to it, but there's also a lot of light and a, a lot of humor and uh, I feel like every character in the show definitely has their secret and, uh, you know, it's the kind of show where you do want to keep watching because something is slightly laid in there and you're like, oh, where's that going to go and, and what are they, what's going on there, what, what's that character hiding, um, which is always something that attracts me to a show. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's got me going at the moment is, is you know, it's probably, it's probably the big main thread of it is the, uh, the whole conspiracy with the uh, town's original mayor, mm-hmm. and 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 that has kind of got me uh, really intrigued and kind of intrigued as to where that's going to go. But um, I just generally, I generally love the love the characters. Yeah, we've got a great cast. I feel really grateful that uh, to be a part of such a, an excellent cast. And uh, yeah, the characters they're, they're they're all so different from one another. And uh, I mean, they do sort of have the. Um, uh, how do I say it? Like your your typical sci-fi feel, but there is also um, something a little bit different to it than, than anything we've seen before. But there's also just sort of a universal a universality to it that I think can draw in um, a very wide audience. Hopefully, um, so hopefully we'll we'll gain some fans that maybe weren't sci-fi fans to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, your your character um, is Doctor Yule, and um, right from the get-go. Your character kind of makes quite, quite, quite an impression. I remember seeing the pilot, and uh, you know, you, you know, you're pretty much right there in the thick of it. Um, and I got the impression that your character always, you know, is a is a little bit put out. Um, and I'm wondering if you could uh, maybe give us your take on the character. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like Doc Yule is an outsider. And I don't think she minds that. I think she's uh, quite comfortable in being on her own and being a little bit separate. She um, she doesn't connect to humans. She doesn't understand what makes them tick. And I think she thinks that they are um, ridiculously emotional in, in ways that she doesn't feel is necessary or, or, or you know. Um, I always say that docules... She's the kind of person that uh, you probably wouldn't want to invite to a dinner party because I don't think she'd be very good company. She's incredibly blunt and snarky and completely unapologetic about uh, about the way she is. She has poor bedside manner. Um, so yeah, she's an indigene, so she's an alien. So she that sets her apart from from the rest of the community. There aren't very many indigenes in the community, and she's very uh, mathematical and scientific, and everything is is cut and dry. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think she's got a thing or two that she could learn from humans and probably vice versa. Yeah, so it's kind of funny what you say about her having uh, no particular bedside manner because you actually put on my Facebook a couple of hours ago. Well, I've got an appointment made wrong with Dr. Yule. I'm a bit worried because she's got a terrible bedside manner. <laughs> You know, she, she's basing like me. Um, I, I, I just, um, I, I, I have to bite my tongue a lot. Um, but you know, when, when I was, when I was younger, about ten years ago, uh, I, I just say exactly what it was on my mind, and say exactly what everyone else in the room at the time was probably thinking at the time, and I'd always get into massive trouble for it. Yes, I've been the same. I've known to uh, get myself in trouble many, many times, and yeah, and it's also it is. It's sort of like children, you know, the the, the children that haven't learned the rules yet of of society. Um, and they often embarrass their parents and things like that. She, she's a bit like that. <laughs> she has, she has a uh, no. What's the word? Um, she has no. Uh, oh, no ability to self censor. That's right. Yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> she has no limits. Um, you know how how do you think she you know you've kind of you kind of said said this a little bit that you know she don't quite get humans but uh, one 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 things that made me laugh about the pilot was when uh, Nolan and Arissa um, end up in 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 her care and um, you know as they leave they they blatantly got no credits to to pay pay her for her services for, for the treatment that she's given to him and as they leave, she just like refers to them as total riffraff. That just made me laugh. I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's also one of the lines that shows that um, even though she she doesn't get get along with people very well and is sort of rough around the edges, she does say to him, "Buy the girl a meal." Uh, so you know, there there is a, a slight sense of. A glimmer of hope that that there is maybe a caring side to her, or a, a little bit of heart to her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's also a little bit of a hero in her as well, because she was the one that was um, operating the uh, thing at the end of the pilot where when that they that they um, evaded the invasion with. That's right. Yeah. That's what I always say about Doc Yule. She's uh, saving the humans' sorry asses one episode at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's saving the humans from themselves. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I noticed that you um, actually had a role um, as a medic in, in, in a series that you know we haven't actually had it here in the UK. I'm not sure if it lasted too long. It was called Combat Hospital. Um, That's right. How much different was your role of Hannah Corday from 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 Dot U in in regards to sort of like bedside manner? Right. Well, in um, so combat hospital, um, I was I was in a hospital, but I was actually part of the tactical operations center. Um, so uh, I mean, it was kind of interesting because it's yeah, it's two shows where where you're in sort of a war zone and and trying to hold a community together um, and. Uh, and you know, facing those those daily challenges, um, they're similar only in the having to spout off technical jargon, one more scientific than the other, um, but having to be able to handle that kind of language that is strange to myself in a way that comes off as natural and and as though it is the language that I speak. So it was similar in, and, and also just the. Um, the intensity of uh, a, a 
place that's, that's in the middle of a war, there's a certain um, energy and a certain pace uh, to, to that kind of lifestyle. So I guess they're similar in that way. But, but Hannah Corday was much more um, nervous and had to sort of bow down to her superiors, uh, whereas Doc doesn't bow down to anyone. She is her own boss, 100%. Sounds like me. <laughs> uh, um, which of those two characters would you say that um, has the most in common with you, personally? Well, it's funny because I think that um, Hannah is, is like me when I'm in a new situation. Um, I am somebody that, that wants to please and wants to do well and wants to do my job well. Um, and, and there's like a nervousness to Hannah that I can sometimes have when I'm new to a situation, for sure. Uh, but Doc is more like me once you get to know me. Once I relax around people and once, you know, I'm in a comfortable situation, I am very much like her. I have a very dry sense of humor and, and, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of the lines that she says uh, are, are things that I definitely would say <laughs> if I can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, whereas I, I, I probably would have just used to have said them anyway. <laughs> Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, a film, film that um, I did notice that you was in, and this is a film I actually seen it a couple of couple of years ago. It's um, you know it's probably the wrong time to be talking about this in the middle of uh, May, but it's kind of like raining outside here in the UK, so it's kind of. Um, but um, a movie that I, I I noticed that you was involved in was um, a, a dog named Christmas oh. or something. And yeah, that was such a sweet film. To do that, I had a very small part in that film, but it was nice because I'm from Saskatchewan, I'm from the prairies, and I had moved out to Toronto and uh, found out that they were filming that movie back home in Saskatchewan. And so um, I was very pleased to, to get that part because it meant that I got to go home and do a movie and, and get to visit family for a little while and, and shoot a Christmas movie in the middle of August in Saskatchewan. So that was kind of interesting, you know, mm-hmm. wearing all the winter heavy clothes and sweating buckets. But uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a lovely movie and I was just on it for a couple of days, but um, it was really nice to, to get to be a part of that. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those rare finds. It's so like, um, I think it was on, I think it aired here in 2011 at some point on um, one of the movie channels. And I was sat indoors, I had the day off, I was bored out of my mind, and I was just flicking through and I just found it and uh, matched onto it right away. And yeah. was, was munging over, to and over, and then it sort of like started to uh, pull at the heartstrings, so I just left it on. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a definite feel good movie. Those kind of movies that, that you can just kind of turn on and uh, shut your brain off and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned uh, we've learned very recently that Defiance is actually being picked up for a second season. Will Dot You be returning? Uh, I sure hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the great thing about uh, sci-fi is uh, things can change at any, any minute. But you know, I sh- I certainly hope that they. Uh, they want to see me next season, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll have to keep watching and see. <laughs> um, the, the, there are any uh, hopes um, that you have about the future of the character, as in, you know, things you'd personally like to learn about, about her past and so forth? Yeah, well, like I said earlier, like they all, all these characters have 
secrets. And as the season goes on, you'll you'll sort of get to know a little bit more about Docule. Um, and I, but I do think that that she does have things that perhaps she needs to learn about about living in a community with with humans and even the Arathians and the Casabans. Like, um, I, I I do think that there's a lot of places to go with. Uh, finding a middle ground between the humans and the Indogenes. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm not sure, but uh, I would like to see it go maybe in that direction. Mm-hmm. I think um, that she, I think that she, um, I think she, in, in a way she respects the new mayor and, uh-huh. and even Nolan. Like she might not always agree with them, but I do think she has a level of respect for them. Mm-hmm. Um. Can you can you ever actually see there actually being an episode that just centers in Tiny and Dot U? Um, I think so because I mean this is a great ensemble cast and and you will see like I said there's more there, there's certainly more of Doc to come as the season goes on. Um, her her storyline starts to to come to the surface a lot more. Um, and the great thing about an ensemble cast is that sometimes the character will disappear for a few episodes and then come back and it is their storyline and. And I think they've really built a good community here where, where there's something that the viewers want to know about each of these characters. So it, it makes for a very large world, and I think that the, the possibilities are, are huge, and especially um, because the universe is so big, including the video game, too, and, and how those crossovers happen. So, um, yeah, absolutely. To answer your question, yeah, I think that there there is a lot of room for that, and, and it, that it does come to that a little, a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, wear, you actually have to wear quite a bit of face makeup and, and stuff to play Dot Humor. How long does it actually take them to make you over? And, uh, <laughs> you know, are you wearing a skull cap, or do you shave your head like Virginia Hay did for uh, Yes, well, I, no, I have hair. I have a full head of hair under there. And uh, yes, they put a, a bald cap on me, and then the mask flips over my head, all one piece. Um, so it, it takes two people to flip it over my head, and then they glue it in place. They stick uh, paintbrushes through the mouth and through the nose and through the eyes and the ears, and they really, really glue it down. And then they um, airbrush it, and then they paint the eyes and the mouth and the ears and inside the nose and all that fun stuff. And then I put the contact lenses in. That's the final. That's the final thing. So it's about two to three hours in makeup each day, um, depending on the day. Three hours on a on a bad day and two hours on a good day. And uh, then it takes about half an hour to get cut out of it at the end of the night. So they they cut it off and uh, start the whole process with a brand new mask all over again the next day. So wow. it's, uh, it's pretty intense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like it's, it's funny because uh, one, one of the people that I've interviewed in the past is uh, Doug Drexler, who uh, did a lot of the special effects on, you know, with, with the special effects team on uh, Defiance. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, great. But before he went into special effects, he was actually a makeup artist. Oh, okay. And he, he said that when, when he's making actors up, when he was at, making actors up and stuff like that, he was, he was kind of like... Uh, he, he, he was kind of like a makeup artist come come sort of like head shrinker because he was sort of like the actors who couldn't stand it initially. It became a little bit like the uh, oh what was it called now that that that, that syndrome that the uh, victims go through when 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 they're actually being held hostage by terrorists. I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah, he says that the uh, the, the people that he used to make up, he was, was they all suddenly like come down with Stockholm syndrome after a while <laughs> because they couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it, it, it's quite 
thing being in a prosthetic. I had never, I had never done prosthetic work before, so it's definitely a different thing. Like uh, uh, the first few days on set, um, I did feel very much like an outsider because I found it hard to communicate. Um, I couldn't hear properly, um, so places like the lunchroom became a real nightmare because it was just sort of like being in a tunnel in, in the head. And, uh, and I was having a hard time opening my mouth because the mask has gone through quite a few changes as the season goes on because it's, you know, it's a work in progress. Um, but the first few times being in it, the mouth was very restricted, so it was difficult to eat and, uh, and to communicate. So it, it was kind of interesting because I felt sort of like I was locked in latex. Um, but, but I also felt that's how Doc Ewell feels. So it was kind of a usable feeling. Um, that, you know, you, you're sort of on your own. Um, but of course, you know, as time goes by, you get very used to being in it and the crew gets very used to having an alien around and, uh, you know, they just become another part of the team. But uh, certainly in the beginning, every time people would be, they wouldn't know how to talk to you because they're looking at this very strange thing. <laughs> so, um, you felt like you had to try a little bit harder to make those, uh, connections and friendships. Does your character have any um, have any slight speaking bits in the video game? Not yet. I mean, I I don't know what their plan is with the video game for the future. I, I feel like that's a possibility for all of the characters, but um, no, I haven't shown up in the video game yet. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, I thought I'd ask because I wouldn't know that anyway. Because I've not I've not really seen the game or played it because I'm not really a, a big video gamer. Yeah. I used to yeah. be, but you know, um, about about ten or fifteen years ago, I kind of uh, outgrew them a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I I'm not a gamer myself, uh, but I did get the game, and uh, I have uh, played it a little bit. So I'm starting to get familiar with it. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a new world to me. Do you, do you find yourself getting very animated and shouting on TV every time you get shot? Uh, no, I haven't, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm more just, like, confused about what I'm doing at this point in the game, but <laughs> I'm starting to get a little bit of a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you know, I just thought you might be one of those people and getting like me that gets really emotional every time you get shot. No, I'm more of the, the jumper. Like, yeah. I wave the control around and jump off the seat. I'm more one of those people. Yeah, well, I used to get really angry, and I used to throw my control pad at the screen and all sorts. I just saw, like, that's why I stopped playing it. Just, yeah. <laughs> it, it just wound me up too much. <laughs> yeah, well, good to know that about yourself. You know, I remember um, I used to have one of those Nintendo Wii things. Um, yeah. I, I took it back the very next day because, basically, I was playing this song, like, a uh, ninjutsu-type, uh, karate-type game with it. And yeah. it used the nunchucker thing, yeah? Yeah. And I, I just had to send it back because I, and I, I ended up getting so frustrated and angry that I sort of like hit myself in my own junk with the oh. nunchucker thing. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, um, it, it was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, I, I don't get on with video games. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I don't know quite yet if I do or not. I'll have to play it more to find out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that we see lots more of a uh, .u in the series because I really, really enjoy, you know, what you're bringing to the role. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, 
thank you, Ian. Yeah, yeah. No, well, hang in there. You do. More, there's more of Dr. Cup, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, stay safe while playing video games. Don't do anything stupid like me. Okay, thank you so much. I will keep that in mind. <laughs> I'll okay. think of you. <laughs> okay. Well, well th- thanks for your time. It's been it's been great speaking with you, and hopefully we'll get a chance to do this again, maybe sort of like on the next series. That would be fantastic. I would love that. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for your time. It's been really nice speaking to you. You too. Take care. Okay, you too. Well, um, that, that, that's, that's that um, show wrapped up. We'd like to, I'd like to thank you, really, for uh, having taken time to listen. And um, hope you'll come back next week because we've got a great show of SFP now, uh, you know, lined up. It's... Um, it's got a brilliant guest. We have Rachel Nichols from the hit series Continuum, um, which is which is going to be the next interview we have lined up um, for next week's um, first official episode of SFP now. Um, and obviously, you, you, we'll have um, bits and bobs of news, you know, within that show as well. So, thanks for listening. Hope you tune in again next week and. Um, and also look out for John Retainment, which um, will, will, will be coming up, you know, fairly soon. Bye for now. We offer the world order.